You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you again today. <laughs> yes, yes. Good to talk to you too, Richard. And guess what has happened? There has, what has been happened? a wild coincidence which has turned out for a happy end. That's my general summary of events. I'm intrigued. Okay. So I moved into this house and I noticed that on one of the bathroom taps, the tap label was missing. You know how it's like hot or cold? Yes, and you I think, do know those labels. Yeah, yep. and that is a distressing reality for me. Other people might not care. They might be like, oh, I know the other one's cold because it's labeled cold, but I care. <laughs> and it's quite a detailed little tap label. It's got this beautiful art, artful font and it says Anton Rugley, Westminster. It's this <laughs> delightfully British vibe. They're kind of brass mm. taps. And so they've got this lovely look. And so missing one was not cool. Yeah. And I thought, no problem, everything is sold on eBay these days. So I get on eBay, eBay, then I go on Amazon, and then I start looking around at Google, and I cannot find a way to replace the Anton Rugley Westminster hot tap really? label. I know. Nothing this was, out there the internet could – didn't look like the internet could solve this. I know. And I was having a moment of, well, do I replace the taps? That's how much I don't like not having a label. And I thought, yeah. no, that's ridiculous. And so I resolved that I was going to be satisfied with the broken existence. <laughs> but then I had this thought. Two months earlier, I had purchased a cast iron bath because I thought I was going to be um, renovating my bathroom, but it turns out I'm not. And the person had thrown in a set of old English taps. Ooh. Wow. I know. This is exciting. I know. So I go down to the bath and I think they had a fun a fun English label. I lift up the taps and there before me is Anton Rugley Westminster. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so from a random person, also called Richard, from Sydney, who gave mm-hmm. me the extra tap, he has saved me great deals of stress <laughs> because I now have Matching tab labels. <laughs> so you, put, you, you you lifted the label out of the other one and yep. popped it in your yep. current one. And then I freely sold those taps because I don't need them anymore because I'm not renovating my bathroom and I feel yes. happy. So there's a sense of satisfaction every time you look at those taps or yeah. think of those. Yeah. That's the, right. The symmetry. I know. And it's like a wild coincidence of no way you would ever be able to plan that. Just a funny thing. Anyway, I thought I'd share that. It's not a big thing. My life yeah. is not wildly exciting. but That's the nature of homegrown faith, Joe. We share the <laughs> minutia of our, our lives. And it so have you, ever to- come, yeah, have you ever come over to my house, anyone listening? You're free to admire my, uh, <laughs> my Anton Wrigley Westminster matching text. Next time I'm around, labels. yeah, for sure. <laughs> anyway, what about you? Anything uh, interesting going on in your life? Uh, yeah, I thought I'd share. Um, we had a very interesting family meal on Saturday night, um, which is called Army Base Stew. Uh, and it is, its Korean name is Bude Jigae. So this is a Korean meal, uh-huh. uh, which has its origins in the end of the Korean War uh, with the armistice. Okay. Yep. And when uh, American troops vacated their bases and um, hungry locals sort of raided the leftover supplies, and um, cooked them. And so mm-hmm. what this stew is, uh, it's got some very interesting army-based kind of ingredients. Um, this, this, is a, this is a legit popular stew. Uh, it includes spam, <laughs> sausages, <laughs> oh, no. 
baked beans, <laughs> uh, instant noodles, Stop and uh, plastic cheese. <laughs> and so there's other ingredients as well, a little bit more Asian. There's like some um, oyster mushrooms and uh, uh, Korean chili paste and some stock. Uh, and I don't think there's a lot of rules here, but literally uh, we had this stew simmering with these ingredients. I, I think okay. it's been decades since I've had had spam, um, <laughs> and, and a little bit of we open. The kids have never seen plastic cheese before. They were going like, "What is this?" When I say <laughs> it's you know, processed, individually wrapped, I say this is what we all grew up on, and, and they were just you know horrified at the plastic waste and so on. But modern kids these days, <laughs> we had to do it authentic and just kind of melt that plastic cheese in to give it a bit more texture. And uh, yeah, I'd have to say it was unique. Um, <laughs> We would okay. do it again. It was kind of fun. Um, question, question. I have yeah. to ask, is this better or worse than the fish eyeballs from that lovely restaurant you went to with your in-laws? <laughs> a little bit better than fish fish eyeballs. But, okay. Um, it's, uh, yeah, exotic ingredients just in a different way. So, wow. Um, Boudet jigae, um, army-based stew. Yeah, uh, and that, it was uh, good fun. And that has become a known Korean dish. Yes, like a, yes. A, you, you, wow. you, you search that out, you get all, all, all the standard um, Korean uh, yeah, uh, video vloggers and so on posting okay. recipes. So, um, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good fun. If anyone wants to try army-based stew, um, <laughs> you've got no, nothing to lose. <laughs> you've got nothing to lose. <laughs> well done. I like your food bravery. That's good. Yeah, that's mm. the theme of this. Uh, some of my stories. Yeah. Mm. And you've been reading the Psalms. Yes. Um, this has been part of my kind of slow original language kind of reading, Psalm 31. Mm. Just uh, was struck by this um, verse. I wouldn't, I think I would have passed over it if I'd been going quickly, but just a little phrase from Psalm 31 verse, uh, well, I'll start with verse 14. Um, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. And the phrase that really just lodged in my brain was start of verse 15, my times are in your hands. Mm. Um, it's in, in Hebrew, it's only two words, really, just with some attachments. Um, so it's quite condensed. Um, mm. And just thinking, like, what is, I found that very comforting. So my times, what does that mean? That's quite poetic. That's quite, uh, um, mm. stimulates the imagination. I guess it means, um, my my days or this time of life or mm. my situation um i mean me i suppose ultimately but connecting it with time and events and mm. or, or growing old or the situation uh, d but just to be in god's hands my times are in your hands mm. uh encourage us to think about god's sovereignty his rule his power mm. his fatherly care um mm. and and so, uh, yeah, at a few points this week when I've thought, felt a little overwhelmed or a little stressed, um, I've come back to that phrase, my times are in your hands. So, mm. yeah. Wow, I love that it's been a word of comfort for the week. That That's really powerful, isn't it, when you have those mm. times where the scripture is just oozing out of your head and your heart in times when you need it. Yeah. 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 Question, mm. the time being in your hands hands i always pictured jesus hands but then i go but god the father is also being described here so mm. even hands we would say is an image 
or were we not yeah. saved? Yeah, yeah, that's a part of. Yeah, I think that's called anthropomorphism of God yes. or something. It's yes, giving God um, uh, lips and and mouth and um, hands and arms and feet and things. Yes. So, um, yes, it, 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 that's um, that's metaphorically of the f- God, the Father being spirit. But, um, yeah, that's right. In time, yeah, but I guess, Jesus I, does have hands. Yeah, I guess when I hear that um, we're in the Father's hands, our times are in the Father's hands, it makes me feel thankful to God that he uses those that language that we can understand, like we both understand what being mm. in the hands mm. looks like, that he gives us a language that we can understand to even understand his own love. Yes, it communicates. Mm. It comes across stronger than if he'd said um, uh, God is sovereign over every situation or something, mm. which is a true helpful statement. But to yes. uh, to have this in poetry in a psalm mm. format with that mm. anthropomorphism just adds, it caters to our humanity. And mm. what, um, yeah, that that's the perfect summary of it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, what an so, encouraging time, Richard. <laughs> I'm glad that the time in Hebrew has been fruitful. That's oh, good. Yes, just in small ways. So, mm. uh, no, that's Psalm 31. So, loving that. And uh, for you, Joe, what have you been reading or thinking about? Well, I've been doing my slow reading of um, Gentle and Lowly. Mm. And because I, I kind of skim listened first and then realized that I hadn't gotten the meat out of it. So, I <laughs> talked about it a little while ago, but I'm, I'm still going slow. Yeah. Uh, and I've just been reading the chapter. And I've realized that I didn't write down the name of the chapter. I think it's like his ways are not our ways is the chapter, Mm. maybe chapter 17. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's dealing with Isaiah 55. um, And I'll just read a little of Isaiah 55 because I think it was really interesting. Mm. Isaiah 55 verse 8 is, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Hmm. And what I found in this chapter was far beyond some of the other chapters, quite a detailed discussion of the verses in context, Hmm. and I really enjoyed it. It really got me thinking. Hmm. Um, And part of what the author is suggesting in the book is that this we can often come to, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, as a – a distancing of us from God, like God is so high, he is so divine, divinely um, separate from us and our in our lowly humanity. And he doesn't deny that that's a reality, but he does say, if you read verse 7, which says, I'll just read it, let the wicked one abandon his way and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord so he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will freely forgive. He said, if you actually think about the idea of God's free forgiveness as the context context for that set statement, you understand that his ways are not our ways is a statement about God's free forgiveness and his overwhelming forgiveness. Wow, that's like, great. Whoa, that's great. So I'll just read a little quote. Um, yeah. So he, he says, it's not about a distancing of, of humanity and uh, divinity and humanity. Calvin says that the flow of the passage is in the opposite direction. There is indeed a great distance between God and us. We think small thoughts of God, but he, God's heart, but he knows that he is inviolably, expansively, and invincibly set on us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And it talks about his readiness to pardon and be reconciled. And yeah. I guess exploring God's heart of forgiveness. Yeah, great. Um, but it really got me thinking about this one thing, 
and I thought we could talk about it, which sure. is the infinitude language. So God is infin- infinitely um, loving. Is uh, He is infinitely compassionate and infinitely ready to forgive mm. um, was language that was used in the book. And he, he does, he uses that language as, because for as far, far as heaven, so for as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. He used that as a way of saying, because heaven was as far as they could conceive of, it was infinitely mm. far away. They would say that means God's love is infinite and infinitely mm. blah, blah, blah. But my first reaction to that statement was, I don't, I don't know if that's actually what it's saying. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's a, it's a, I'm sort of starting you in the middle of a chapter of a yeah. discussion, so it's hard. But any thoughts on the idea of infinite? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, just before I, I give my thoughts, what, um, yeah, what, what caused you to kind of um, just uh, wonder about that? Um, or well, I, I guess I, yeah. I always am cautious. I, I, do, I do think we have a shape of infinity and God's infinite existence um, and and so I do agree that there is that concept, but um, I think sometimes we can throw around the word infinity and infinite mm. without ever doing the work on whether it's true or not. Yeah. And so it got me thinking of, well, what is God's nature of forgiveness? He, he forgives very deliberately in Jesus, and his forgiveness is, is overflowingly merciful. Like it's mm. incredible. It's deep down rich mercy and forgiveness but there are limits in that he chooses to who to forgive mm. and so this and so i think it i think he was describing an infinite mercy to those who he's chosen to have mercy upon yeah but i would never also want to say suggest that god's character is not merciful because he's mm. abs- like he is love he is mercy and so mm. i want to agree with the statement but i feel uncomfortable somehow with it any yeah. thoughts on that yeah yeah <laughs> no i i am a, usually a little cautious about using the word infinite um, mm. or infinity uh, partly because i think it's a mathematical term that was probably invented oh, at point. some point in the middle ages or mm. who knows i listened to a podcast once that talked about how you could have a larger and a smaller infinity or something like that. Fascinating. <laughs> uh, one of those, um, you know, popular maths kind of podcasts mm. that uh, was a while ago now. So um, I feel like there's there's probably a world of uh, mathematics usage there that's um, beyond our abilities. Mm. Um, mm. And it's, um, yeah, it's not a word that's particularly used in the Bible. Uh, that's right. The yeah. Bible's looking to use, describe things that are large, immense, um, yeah, it uses those these spatial metaphors is like yes. as far as the east is from the west um, yes. or as heavens high, from the, the earth. In this, in this case, yeah. Yeah, um, to create expansive size of vision. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of time, there, there's eternity. Etern- that's, that's a common that's right. yes. thing. But in terms of space, um, a bit tricky. So, um, yeah, perhaps I, I, I would be a bit bit cautious about using the word infinite, although I think um, in standard theology that's, that, that's a fairly – technically uh, accepted word in, in, in technical mm. terms. Mm. Um, mm. But, Interesting. Um, well, that helps I, me to understand why I feel a little cautious because <laughs> I think you have named what I was thinking, which was I don't see this word infinite much in the scriptures. And so why am I feeling uncomfortable with it? It just doesn't really des- – it doesn't describe anything clearly. It just is a word. Mm. Um, and 
long ago I was rebuked for using a word that didn't describe anything clearly. It was just a word. <laughs> and so I now have a, a caution about that because I, yes. I can be a bit loose with language. And so they were like, come on, be use the Bible's words. Rest. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but right I think what he's trying to capture in mm. this chapter actually was very good. It was really good. The idea that God he, he it, this is about God's forgiving heart. Yeah, and yeah. He is so wonderfully forgiving. And yes. In that way, we are not like him. <laughs> oh, yes, praise God for his um his amazing forgiveness. Yes. His um God-like forgiveness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when we forgive, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's <laughs> reluctant. It's slow. It's yes. it's, it's coloured. Uh, yes. It's distorted. Yeah. So, um, yeah, praise God that his forgiveness, forgiveness is, is um, so much greater and so much more mm-hmm. perfect than ours. Mm-hmm. But I do recommend the book. I think I found oh, it yeah. enjoyable. You found it enjoyable. I recommended it to someone just on Sunday. I said, Did here's you? a book they should use. Yeah. So hey, good on you, mate. Often it's for those. For the summer, recommendation. For the person who's looking for some spiritual reading, and there I say, well, you don't have to read something about a, a topical issue in your life. Why don't you read something just about, you know, that reflects on God and Jesus and yeah. Yeah, his love and forgiveness. So Yeah, I like that. Hmm. I don't know if the person took me up on the recommendation, but <laughs> it was made. Um, oh, but uh, it's been great chatting with you, Joe, about yes. tap label coincidences, army-based stew, the times, our times being in God's hands, yes. thankfully. And uh, yeah, God's uh, great forgiveness above above mm. ours. But mm. um, a final message from us, Joe. What would we like to uh, leave with our, lead- our uh, listeners? Well, I, we were talking this week with some others about just how wonderful it is to gather in in small groups. And so, whether you call it a growth group or a Bible study, a small group, a community group, um, we love those. And so, we just thought we'd encourage people listening to to really draw near to. Um, getting along to your, your small group regularly and having this kind of conversation, just rich Bible chat with each other. Um, you'll never regret enjoying talking about God with other Christians in a small group. So, yeah, we just thought we'd encourage yeah. that as now just settle back into post-COVID routines in a lot of ways. Um, just indulge. Is yeah. Yeah. Amen, 100%. <laughs> well, I will talk to you again soon, Joe. See you. Sounds good. Bye.